Alcohol Beyond This Point Podcast. This isn't two podcasters talking business. This is two business guys trying to podcast. Oh, you already poured me a drink there, Tyler. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> so um, we have a guest on the podcast. Thanks for uh, coming on. This is episode 101, by the way. We just had our 100th episode celebration last week where we each took 100 shots and then passed oh. out. And then we just woke up an hour ago, actually. That was a week and a half ago we recorded. <laughs> um, <laughs> but we haven't done a... Uh... We didn't record all the shots, though, obviously. <laughs> yeah, it would, would have taken too long. Yeah. So uh, we haven't done a recording uh, or an interview or a guest spot, let's say. This isn't really an interview show, but we haven't done an interview since uh, episode 10 over Zoom. Uh, and since then, like, we have mics now and, like, other systems. So hopefully this looks a little bit and sounds a little bit better than last time. But uh, Yeah, no shit. <laughs> our, uh, our guest today is uh, illustrious American hip-hop artist Day-Day of the group uh, Dead Presidents Click, who is personally my, like, 24th favorite rapper. Um <laughs> So That's thanks still top for... 50, bro. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for coming on the show, buddy. I appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me, man. Uh, pleasure to be here. I'm, I've actually been hoping you'd ask for a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, nice. yeah, I, I literally, because one of my, I don't have like New Year's resolutions, but like one of the things I wanted to do with the podcast this year, especially after like episode 100, I'm like, I want to get more serious about it. And I'm like, we need mm -hmm. to do more like collabs, like not even like interviews, but like more just kind of like, you know, introduce each other to other people's audience right so yeah. i i texted you at like drunk i think and i'm i started the text by being like i already know what your answer is going to be but uh do you want to come on the podcast at some point so um it's like two o'clock in the morning i already know your answer <laughs> do you want to be on the podcast uh hell yeah bro <laughs> Yeah, you're one of the guys that i can text like when i'm drunk at night and everyone else is asleep and you'll respond usually yeah <laughs> Yeah, insomnia will uh, keep you awake for, you know, those uh, late hours to be reachable. <laughs> so I know virtually nothing about you today. Um, and I came into the totally cult, which is great. It's often the best way to do uh, interview podcasts like this. So obviously you're in music. Uh, what else do you do? What keeps you busy besides staying up at night and being an insomniac like Willow's? You know, honestly, if I'm not making music, then uh, I won't lie. If I'm not working, then I'm playing video games. Yeah. Uh, I have, I have loved video games since I was like six, seven years old, you know, and uh, I just am unnaturally good not to toot my own horn or anything, yeah. but like at any game I pick up. So like it just came natural to me and it's it's pretty much my escape outside of music. Nice. I'm friends with like yeah. one other hip hop artist and he's also like preternaturally talented at video games yeah, like <laughs> Fort, uh, Fortnite comes uh, with the territory i guess yeah, Fort... is that a thing should we investigate this <laughs> yeah Fortnite league of legends <laughs> and like study. nhl i think he's like uh, ranked like top three globally in nhl whenever he oh, actually wow. plays he's just like a fucking freak at it didn't um I... like ybn that was like a an xbox clan right YBN, I think so. Like Cordae and, then they, and Namir. Yeah, like they, I think they all met on Xbox. Yeah, so that's maybe there is a pipeline here from probably <laughs> professional video game player <laughs> to a hip hop artist, or the other way around. We should do some investigation yeah. about that. Yeah, actually, I think that would 
honestly, if IGN picked up a study like that, I think that would be an actual like viral scientific study. Okay, they better cite my this fucking episode. <laughs> yeah, that give credit where credit is due. Yeah, we, we, we started this thought down the down the rabbit hole. So yeah, I know like um, Tyler actually has a weird he he was very very good friends with a hip hop artist um, up here and actually did a tour. Like an intent, like what, 300 day, 300 tours in a year or something insane? Right. No, we did 200, 220 shows in a year. And, oh, wow. Yeah. And, and he was part of the, like the road crew. So he yeah, was like sitting in the, I was like the, the road manager, I guess. And I actually like funded the, th the thing and went on tour for like over two years, probably was like 18 months was on tour. It's a lot of fun. Oh, man. Yeah. Had, that sounds incredible. Yeah, was, just doing, like, schools and community centers and shit. Just nothing big. Just, like, small stuff, community outreach work. And, yeah, it was a lot of fun. I got to see a lot of Canada and mostly a lot of the reserves. He was an Aboriginal artist, so it was uh, it was a pretty cool experience. And I would do the uh, I would do the sound production setup and all the kind of bullshit behind the scenes. That's actually really cool. You know, you and you and I might have to get together after the show about <laughs> something. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm in uh, I'm in construction now, so that's uh, a, a fair a, bit I'm more lucrative than music. Summer. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, yeah, construction is where the good good stuff's at, <laughs> especially in Canada. Like, if you want to make money in music, you got to go to the, the states, really. Yeah, I've noticed that for pretty much like even UK artists, like yeah. if, if they could get a market in the United States, then yeah, automatically their careers are already doing 10, 10 times better than they were before. Yep, absolutely. Well, yeah. yeah, I don't think Drake sleeps at his Toronto house much. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. Sure he's in LA permanently, so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's... Uh, don't mind. my girl is just going to be walking behind me. <laughs> no problem. The production value on this podcast is is not really high. Really high. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. So I guess like I I want to tell the story of how we met because it's I I think it's not a wild story, but every time I tell it, people are like, "Wait, what did you do?" So yeah, dude. <laughs> we actually met during uh you were running a meme facebook page yeah i was an admin on one of those pages <laughs> and uh i think i messaged you because i think you posted something related to icp at the time yeah and we, like you posted a comment about it we were probably like what i was probably like 15 yep yeah, yeah and and you're you're like what a year younger than me yeah i was about 14 because i was still in high school yeah, cause so was I. I yeah. remember, and then I yeah, I posted some like <laughs> some inside joke about the insane clown posse who I liked at the time, <laughs> and uh, you were like, "Oh, this guy seems kind of cool. He gets this inside joke," and you like DM me from your personal account, being like, "Hey, I'm actually the admin of this page," um, so that was weird. And then I guess we just stayed in touch um, over the uh, over the years, and then we were in a pyramid scheme together. Yes, Vima. Vima. Were you guys? Were you guys actually like connected within Vima, or were you just co both coincidentally? In no, 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 I like recruited him. Oh, okay. Yeah, dope. he recruited me dope. into it. Like, yeah, so... I, I was in it too. That's I where I. That's where I first saw Willow's hustle. Like, yeah, hard. That's, that's where I saw his drive. But I was also like, now looking back, I'm like, oh, we were underage kids. Like, I was. 15 or 16 when i joined yeah. and it's like oh i was completely getting manipulated by adults but that's fine <laughs> yeah but a multi-million dollar company it's whatever <laughs> it's so and then that's how we became like closer because we like worked together basically 
And then, yeah, that one time happened where you're like, let's go. I'm like, does anyone want to hang out? And you're like, yeah, me. And then I look at Zach and I'm like, are we going to drive down to Wyoming? And he's like, yeah, sure. So we literally like four hours later, we're fucking driving down to Wyoming. And then I arrive and you're like, I walk in your door. You're like, hey, what's up, man? Uh, by the way, we're going to my mother's funeral right now. So if you want to uh, <laughs> jump in the car <laughs> and come with us. Yeah. Oh was, my god. I can honestly say like you're one of the realists for like coming down and going through that with me like and I I appreciate you more than you could ever know for not just being like what the <laughs> hell did I kill myself into, bro? <laughs> I mean, the guy that just drove down there, he's going to roll with it. Yeah, I kind of yeah, like dude, just... That's kind of what I do is just is just roll with and like that it ended up being a great trip because yeah. we were just fucking like rolling with the punches. And then I remember yeah, like going out and climbing in your like your dress shoes and everything, going <laughs> yeah, up the side of a mountain. Yeah, he takes me fucking rock climbing in rural Wyoming, and it's like literally <laughs> mountains like straight up, and I only have one pair of dress shoes that I'm wearing. So I start climbing, and then like he's in front of me, I'm climbing. Zach fucked off because like there's no way I'm fucking doing that, and I'm like, yeah, I'll do it. So we're climbing, and I just hear like rock, and I'm like, what? And I look, and a rock just fucking like falls right by my head. <laughs> it's like, oh, all right. Um, yeah, and I remember Cliff jumping off the into the reservoir or whatever. Yeah, uh, actually, fun fact about that reservoir we're talking about underneath it. I don't know if I told you this, but underneath it is the old town of Cody, Wyoming. So, like, if you oh. go scuba diving down there, you yeah. can actually see the old buildings and stuff underneath oh, the reservoir. Those are so cool. They just like fucking flood the whole town. Everybody's got to move. Yeah, they just yeah they flooded it, flooded it and moved it to the like the other side of the valley. Yeah, there's uh there's some lakes uh in um. I guess around Colorado, like not Lake Tahoe, maybe it's uh, one of the big lakes that like feeds all the uh, a number of states with their natural water uh, or the drinking water. Sorry, they had done the same thing. They like flooded the town, but now that the lake levels are dropping so much, just because it's been an, you know ten years of drought, some of chunks of the town are just becoming visible, and they're just like finding bodies and trucks and buildings and stuff are just like all oh, becoming man. visible now because this reservoir is drying the fuck up. So it's like that that's gonna be a weird day when like all of a sudden Cody's like visible again. You can like go for a walk down the street. Yeah, because you imagine like because it's like the Wild West. Like yeah. the world's first rodeo was in that town. That's wild. Cody, like, Wyoming is named after Buffalo Bill Cody. Yeah, like, that, that's so sick. Yeah, yeah. and then like. And then, I, uh, yeah, like, you go Good. in and there's a statue of him, and I was like, oh, they just, like, really like Buffalo Bill, and then I we Google it, and it's like, oh, no, no, he founded the town. He, like, sat down and built a house and was like, this is my town, and then, like, yeah, it's... That's uh, pretty good. Yeah, yeah, like, the Irma Hotel was named after his daughter, and that thing is still, like, standing from when he built it, like, nice. back in the day. And then, uh, actually, his grandson still lived in the town uh down the street from me when i was growing up and then he coincidentally died in a plane crash <laughs> Interesting. so uh like right after building a multi-million dollar hotel in cody Suspicious. like a week later <laughs> yeah like <laughs> so yeah it was a it was an interesting trip i remember and this was so this was pre shrugging doctors opening but i had we had prototype products and stuff that we brought down with us. So we hadn't opened officially. This was in like, this is probably 2016, maybe yeah. 2015, like between when I had applied and got the building and applied for our occupancy permit, but way before we opened. So we had like a trunk full of early shrugging doctor products. 
you just took over the border, no problem. Yeah, they, they didn't stop us, so we That's got right. it. Like, um, well, and then the, the the funny part was we couldn't legally drink in the states, right? Because we were twenty or whatever. So yeah, I, that's right. Yeah, so, I forgot about that part. <laughs> yeah, because I always thought that was funny because I own a liquor manufacturer in Canada and I can't legally drink my own products in your country. Yeah, yeah. that was an interesting, uh, interesting time. Like, I can, I, I could be all about that. It's like I've got an export license, but I can't consume it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like. But I remember business meeting with alcohol down here. <laughs> yeah, I remember, and then I remember like sitting outside and drinking with like your friends or family or whatever. And like everyone has fucking guns, like yeah. on them, and I'm just like this. It was like culture shock. Like I know you grew up there, so it's like, but I grew up in like a big city, like Canada, where we don't really have any guns, and you're just and like, yeah, you walk in, it's just like <laughs> the the exact thing that you when you take your gun safety test, they're like this kind of cabinet is not sufficient. It's like glass. That was just like what is friends had in the yeah. house yeah <laughs> yeah and if, like you mentioned i grew up with guns and my stepdad is actually like a world famous gunsmith so i grew up from like five years old that he put a gun in my hand and was teaching me how to shoot and all that but the funny part is is he would not take me hunting he could not stand to kill an animal he just he shot competitively interesting like yeah. nothing live yeah. he just That's... shot competitively you know and That's... he loves making guns and like when the company went out of business, he made it out of our garage and everything too before another company picked them up. That is interesting because that's like, I mean, why firearms were invented was to kill other people, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, so, like literally. It's interesting, kind of like the the morality of like, I'll build the firearms and sell them to people, but I'm not going to shoot at anything. Yeah, and it actually, it, the company he, that picked them up actually built the new Marine Sniper 308. Like, they built the new standard issue. Like, they designed yeah. it and everything. So, like, he's literally making guns that go to war. <laughs> but he refuses to shoot even, like, you know, a Rabbits. deer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, he won't even shoot a rabbit. Wild. Like, That's, yeah, he, like... he cried when he had to shoot our parrot with an airsoft gun because it got out, you know, and they can't survive by themselves. And, like, he wouldn't come back. So he had to do that. And he cried about that for a while. Like, That's fucking crazy. He just makes... it's like... Yeah, it's... It... Interesting dilemma. Like what's like? I, yeah, it's a, It's one of the things. Like the complicity of cooperation. It's like when you're inside a system like that and you're helping, substantively helping build guns, but you can be like, well, I'm not actually killing people. It's like you can stand back. But then if you go down yeah. a certain distance down the down the chain, like in Mexico, for example, where they got a big big problem of just like they call it the river of iron of just guns coming south into Mexico you know sold through like unregistered private sellers and they go into the cartels and then those guns are used to slaughter villages full of people and kill police oh, yeah. officers and it's like oh well, who's complicit it's like they're they're actually mexico is suing the gun companies now because they're not doing anything to prevent their guns from flowing into mexico and it's like it, billions of dollars worth. yeah it's it's like it's, i feel like the, once kind. the guns sold it's no longer the company's liability like, yeah so all, that's all they do yeah is make a gun if it doesn't blow up in your hands they did their part yeah that's like. that's what they try to argue but um it's it, it it's obviously a little bit more complicated that than that but yeah. there is precedent for uh gun companies being held responsible for irresponsible distribution of the product yeah i, I understand if they're like not going like i'm all for people owning guns like i think if you if you should be able to protect yourself no matter what right whether that be a sword a gun brass knuckles whatever you got to use protect yourself yeah right but I also don't believe that it, 
like people should just be able to walk in. Here's my name, you know, and I'm slightly like literally schizophrenic. Can I have a gun? And they still say yes. Like that's a that's a little bit too much for well, me. I mean, like Florida is like a no um, no carry or no permit concealed carry. Anybody can buy a gun and carry it anywhere without even having to give their name. That's how it is in Wyoming too. As soon yeah. as you turn, I think it's. 18 you can buy a rifle yourself without yeah. any permits and then 21 you can conceal carry without any training or or permits or anything like that dang i think like that i get the give people guns but like come on do some training like i had a rifle club as a kid and just got like all the proper procedures drilled into my head and yeah. like anybody i know that you know uses guns here is you know you got to go through very very strict training and especially when it comes to anything like handguns shotguns stuff like that you got to or i guess are like hunting shotguns really long barrel shit but mm -hmm. yeah you go through tons of training to handle this and then you go out if you've ever gone out shooting with people that have no idea how to handle guns it's fucking it's terrifying scary, <laughs> it's terrifying like, somebody's going to fucking die like when it, even with training like the one of my favorite statistics is uh, over nine. I think it's I don't know if it's ninety five or ninety seven percent of uh, gunshot uh, gunshot wounds that occur from SWAT teams is friendly fire. Like ninety seven percent of the time they discharge their weapon, they shoot one of their own guys. Only three oh, percent of the time they actually hit someone downrange, and less than one percent of the time the SWAT team is deployed. It's actually for a violent crime. Mostly it's for like serving warrants and uh, probation and like financial. Or, like, you know, guy didn't pay rent and he's got a warrant or some shit. That's, like, what yeah. SWAT is used for. They're, like, highly trained. That's their entire fucking purpose. And typically they just shoot each other in the back. And then they'll, like, throw... <laughs> then And they all have 9mm weapons, right? So they just, like, keep an extra Glock they confiscated off some black guy. And they, like, throw that on the guy that they just killed. And they're, like, oh, I guess he shot the cop. And it's, like, that's that's how it mostly goes. So it's, like, there's... It's, a, it's such a fucking... Um, wild thing to have like something so powerful that can like accidentally create so much damage like i saw a comedian who said he's like it takes three fucking days to make a croissant but in about five minutes you can accidentally make a human being you can just like fuck someone unprotected and you can make a human being and that is significantly easier than making a goddamn croissant <laughs> and he's like that is fucked <laughs> and like, it's like i kind of see guns sure. in that same way. yeah 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 like you could like i know when i read the stories like you know like the four or five year old getting into the gun safe and like yeah. actually shooting his parents on accident or shooting himself and stuff yeah like those are the type of people you know like they didn't have the training they didn't have none of that and i i think every single person if you're going to own a gun you should at least take some form of test that shows you're not an idiot with a gun like it's you like, know the safety yeah you know to make sure it's always unloaded treat every gun like it is loaded no matter what all that so you're already but, further left than uh most democrats <laughs> <laughs> yeah like kind yeah. of like the same like the gut like i i i've made comparisons to the gut from the gun industry to the liquor industry before um because like for, we were talking about how like people are suing gun companies like people here sue bars and win if they overserve you and then you go drunk drive and die really? like their families will sue the bar yeah. for overserving alcohol and they've actually won before if they can prove that, like the bartender you know should have cut them off and they didn't or something or prevented wow. them from driving yeah so it's an interesting um because like and like as a liquor license holder myself 
um, I actually have the responsibility. If I see someone breaking liquor law, I'm supposed to try and stop them. Or, uh, like, or report them. Uh, reasonably stop them is what it says. So like if there's ever, if I feel a threat to my physical, you know, being or something that I don't have to, obviously. But like if someone buys, you know, a bottle of wine from my bar, uh, walks outside and cracks it on the street and I see them do that, it's technically my responsibility to walk out there and be like, hey, you can't drink that. Oh, okay. So it, oh, to put it in simple point, you basically become like a liquor cop when you get your liquor license. Yeah, basically, yeah. yeah. Which is like, wow. you know, so like when you, you're kind of saying like... And that um, even applies to bartenders individually. Yeah, yeah. So wow. it's, so it's, kind of, it's like, well, when the gun leaves the gun store, why is it their fault anymore? It's like, well, when the liquor leaves my fucking building, why is it my fault anymore? But apparently it is. So it's an interesting... That's fair. Whenever there's it industry a... that's like, can kill people. Yeah. You know, like, that's my argument for legalizing drugs is like, fucking liquor kills way more people than illegal drugs do every year and no one gives a fuck about that and my like my you know when i'm like oh i'm in the wine business people are always like wow that's so cool but like you know if i was like oh yeah i'm a cocaine importer they'd be like what the fuck are you doing right yeah. but it's like it's like don't drink so much beer on friday night just take a bump of k it's way healthier <laughs> yeah so it's like i don't know well, bro, get my head straight <laughs> yeah exactly people get weird when it's like businesses that can potentially not potentially kill people, but like do kill people, right? Like, yeah, like construction. Like it's shown that it kills. Yeah, like there's not. Yeah, like being in a car manufacturer and you get yep. a car accident. That's one thing, but like guns are meant to kill people, and liquor, there is no like it. It kills you. There's well, this... being a car <laughs> yeah. manufacturer and in, intentionally cutting corners on like safety features that you could easily afford to put in, but you just want to like add a tenth of a decimal point to your profit margin, so you like cut the thing and then a few hundred people die but you do it anyways knowing it's going to happen because the lawsuit's cheaper than uh, the profits that you made and that's just kind of how it works like that's fucked okay. that's... you ain't got to sum up America like that <laughs> there, there's a precedent for that it is like actively done like that's that's like drug companies in a nutshell they're like yeah, oh well the lawsuits yeah. cost us this much and well we can make it better or we can make this much money and we can afford the lawsuits or whatever yeah Tyler's a communist now so <laughs> <laughs> This uh, uh, this is a business podcast, however, so <laughs> it's uh, it's an interesting uh, take when we uh, when we have communist takes. Yeah, we're like it's... we're like self deprecating business people. We're like we're begrudgingly in business because it's like that's what uh, suits our values best in the system we live on. What right? else am I gonna do? Join the Matrix and fucking or the military or work for the government? Like I don't know, none of those. Words. Yeah. Then you're just getting fucked biting the pillow, going in dry kind of shit, you know? <laughs> exactly. So as far as like, because I would say like being a, being an independent music artist is, is as difficult as like my job being a, you know, like it's a, you're, you're an entrepreneur, right? I think like a lot of people don't really see it like that because they don't see the kind of the background to it. Like I think a lot of people think yeah. like you just show up and you sing a song and then you leave and then it's like that's your job kind of thing but it's it's there is a lot of cr creative behind it not just the music making i mean but like as far as like business management goes right like you have to figure out collaborations and touring and merchandise and you know recording and distributing songs and stuff like that like there's um do you do you do you do you think of yourself as a as a business owner as a small business owner so yeah i do and i agree with you completely that like a lot of people just view especially hip hop artists or even, you know, electronic music, you know, they all say, Oh, he just pushes a button and he just dances around on stage. Well, you don't see what goes in behind that. There's, 
there's hours into making the song there's hours to writing it there's like if you're your own producer there's the beat that you have to make and if you're not your own producer then you're talking contracts with the producers to use their beat without getting sued <laughs> you're paying fees at left and right royalties to the producer on the back end if you don't read the contracts right then you can get screwed out of of your money like uh one of the songs that i have one of my favorite songs that i have recorded right now i can't even release because in order to get rights to release it without being sued the producer was asking for a hundred percent of my royalties so like if you don't read these contracts you get screwed over yeah so like there's a lot of business behind it too like i don't just walk in you know write a song and then bam i can automatically get on a show you know my first show i paid 880 dollars out of pocket to get on yeah. like for my own money just to like you have to invest in yourself just like any other business and to make a song it's a couple hundred dollars if you're paying producers and make and engineers and stuff like that then you're talking about music video prices then you're talking about booking the music videos with the right person who sees your creative vision and promotion and everything it is it is like a real business and people only see it as he's just talking fast and talking about you know killing people and doing this and doing that when it's it's a lot more than what people see even like mumble rappers and stuff they're going through it too <laughs> yeah yeah i'm i like i always see videos of like uh snoop dogg saying how he got fucked out of uh royalties and stuff like he doesn't make mm -hmm. any money from a like he only makes money when he tours he says he doesn't make any money off of fucking uh like 50% of dog style streams still he has to give away. And like, it's just, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's... it's because these companies like what they, you'll notice, like if you take a real hard look at the industry, hip hop industry, right? Every new artist coming out, they are between the ages of 17 and 23, bro. Yeah. Because they're in dumb that, enough to sign part. the contract. <laughs> they're dumb enough to sign the contract because the label offered them like 2 million up front as an yeah. advancement for their, for their album to come out. And then they go spend that $2 million thinking, Oh, it's going to be all fine. And they end up having to owe that $2 million because they blew through it too quick. Yeah. And now the company owns your masters. They, you owe them a debt and it's, it, it's a, it's a rough, it, industry for people trying to do it on their own like it really is and once you get into the like the contract world it's even rougher dude so who everyone you... thinks the label's the way to go it's it's looking more and more like independence the only way to go so do you think there's a bit like i i hate to say this in terms of like this is bastardizing the entire idea but obviously there's got to be um there's got to be a business and an and an, uh i guess you could say an investment opportunity for people that want to back like independent artists is there a way to do that that's not obviously creating your own label like can you just like back an artist yes do it just actually for uh glad you actually asked something about that i have a a friend that i met through somebody who i was trying to sign to dead presidents right like i i wanted to add this guy into our group because hands down he's the best freestyle i've ever met in person the kid's insane but this guy's friend, he ended up like seeing what we were doing and he like really liked us and everything. And uh, when, it, when it came time to perform with Tech Nine, something had come up to where I wasn't able to pay the $1,000 to get onto the show with Tech Nine. Yeah. And this guy that I had just met was like, I'll be your backer, dude. And he literally like paid to get us on the show and then paid to make us our first merchandise like batch and everything too 
comes to all of our shows and he all, he's not like he's not a company he's an oil rig worker yeah you know and he just saw what we're doing and he's like yo i want to be a part of that yeah that's and he basically just, he just gives doing. us the money <laughs> yeah yeah and it, i think i think that's a lot a lot more personal too like especially yeah. if you like the person like that guy and me now we're we're super tight i love that guy he's so, he's fucking great shout out chase kip if you ever watch this i fucking love you dude do you ever uh do you treat it like a loan or do you pay him back royalties or how does that work so right now uh we are trying to get it to where like we're trying to get it to where we can get good prices for the shirt so that way say we buy one shirt at five bucks a piece to print it and we sell it at 20 right yeah then we would i want with him, at least, I want to be able to split that in half with him, and that's what we're working towards right now. But we're just not in the in the profit margins yet. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. So, so uh, yeah. like, we definitely we're definitely trying to get it to where whoever puts into us is also getting something out of it. You know? Yeah, I think that's. What do you think about if there was like a like a fucking Kickstarter for musicians specifically? Or people can... I think that would honestly be such a great business model, especially if you've got, you know, like two, three percent off the side as the company who's hosting it. Yeah. Uh, and just like I make, think a make... lot more artists. Yeah, just make like a, a tiny amount compared to what the big producers make and just provide basic resources. Like a crowd yeah. crowdsource label. Yeah, you know Exactly. Yeah. That would be that could change the entire industry if you had a Hmm. okay look nfts were trying to do that right, right. uh yeah. who was it one of the artists was selling nfts and that means like the person bought part of the ownership of the song that he was releasing right so they get like two percent of the royalties for that song for life now right because they own that and nfts is like kind of creep that door open that you're talking about right. but i don't think anyone's tried to really full-fledge it but if they Make did platform, it yeah. would be it would it would change the game and you would see a lot of these artists that you think like he should definitely have blown up by now right. you would see a lot more of them blown up so have you ever heard of the uh the app called uh musi musi no m-u-s-i it's like uh -uh. one of the top like 10 music apps <clears throat> on the app store it's like up there with like soundcloud apparently i don't know i've never used yeah. it personally but apparently it's fucking massive uh, I, I haven't heard of it. Yeah, anyway, the founders are actually from, they're like my age. They're from Winnipeg here. And they're stupid rich, like driving Lambos, flying choppers. Like they're stupid, stupid rich. And uh, yeah, that just like was born out of some idea of two fucking like guys in their early 20s built one of the biggest music apps in the world. And it's just, you know, these things come out of nowhere. And it's like Spotify obviously was like nothing eight years ago and oh yeah and soundcloud's pretty old already but a lot of these a lot of these apps a lot of these platforms i mean they just do pop up i don't know this is this is actually a pretty good idea maybe we should <laughs> cut this and cut this entire thing out and just uh <laughs> we should go run with this <laughs> and then release it yeah um <laughs> yeah and see and you're talking about the spotify eight years ago yeah not even being a thing what 12 years ago it would have been illegal right like Why? because that was the big thing people streaming music online before yeah. it was monetized is pirating music yeah. okay you know so like 12 years ago it was frowned upon and now it's a billion dollar business yeah you know 
And it, it it's crazy because, like you said, it pops up out of nowhere. Spotify came in as this like little Facebook thing, and then just fucking took off. Well, because not even that, but like nobody even downloads music anymore, right? Like yeah. it's not yeah. even become mainstream. It's become the only thing, right? Yeah. And, like, we were talking about this the other day. Like Gen Z doesn't know how to download shit. Like mm -hmm. it wasn't that like because like I there was some article that came out that was like Gen Z are pirating at an almost zero rate now. And compared to like my generation that was fucking pirating everything. Right. And, yeah. then, and then people were calm or like this journalist was saying, and people were commenting that like, it's not that they ha are morally against it or anything. It's just, they physically do not know how, like there's Gen Z people that don't know how to download files onto computers because they never, yeah. they don't like, I employ someone who's like 19 and she doesn't have a computer. She has a phone and like an iPad and that's it. Yeah. So it's like mm -hmm. they like families don't have family computers anymore. They have a family iPad or whatever, right? Um yeah. and it's like you're streaming your music, you're streaming your video. Um and then a lot like even fucking video games. You have Game Pass and shit now. Like you don't even, you know, you just stream your video games. Like before Google Stadia shut down, that was literally a gaming streaming service. Oh, you didn't download the games to your console. You played them through the cloud. Yeah, exactly. So like that so like it's literally getting to the point where it's like there's nothing Cause that's the thing with um, Wii U, right? You can't have any. Um, there's no. You can't download any games. It's just all on the cloud as well. So yeah. yeah, it's like that. We're we're in an age where so quickly, like less than twenty years, we went from needing to it being illegal to stream to that's the only thing you can possibly do now because nothing else exists. <laughs> yeah, like do you remember being a kid watching like a movie online felt like you were gonna go to prison? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like you remember that? You remember that commercial? You wouldn't download a car. Yeah, yeah. Hey, you can. <laughs> FBI privacy warning. It's like oh no, the FBI. I saw some TikTok <laughs> that uh, the guy edited that commercial so it's like you wouldn't download a car and then he's on like pirate bay pirating uh 3d printer schematics for a car and then he starts printing a car <laughs> although i would download a car although i do remember growing up knowing that uh like pirate like whatever online piracy like pirating music and movies and shit was actually not like a indictable offense so, here like you can't yeah. get charged for it so in america it's not actually illegal yeah so in america it is you it's can go to jail and they've made like they've tried to make an example of people and put them in jail for it. But in Canada, oh, yeah. there's a Supreme Court appeal and the Supreme Court said, yeah, you're not going to, you can't fucking put people in jail for pirating shit. So we actually have precedent in this country that all they can do is fine you. And they never do because it's too much like work to investigate. Oh. So if you ever pirate something, your uh, internet service provider just sends you an email that says, hey, that's illegal, by the way. And then that's it. And they never do anything else. Oh my! Wow. Yeah, we've never. Yeah, had down here, one. dude. Yeah. You guys hear the story about the pirate bay owner? Gee, fuck yeah. He actually, I'm gonna say yeah, land go of the free down there. You mean? <laughs> my, was... my favorite is uh, one time um, they had, I think it was like Shrek two. It was something funny, and some like fucking DreamWorks sends an email to the lawyers of Pirate Bay, being like, "We demand you take down Shrek two off your service." And they respond with, uh, like, we are based in uh, Stockholm, Sweden. And just in case you didn't know, Sweden is not a state within the United States of America. It is our opinion and the opinion of our lawyers that you can go fuck yourself. And they put that in the official email. <laughs> that is fantastic. 
I yeah. love when corporations get like that, dude. <laughs> like they just stand their ground, dude. It's uh, you love to see it. <laughs> I, I, yeah, that would have been me typing that email. That's the, that's the kind of that's the kind of corporate middle manager I am. Yeah. Uh, so. Actually, this is good timing, but I was uh, listening to some uh, some coverage on the the whole deal of uh, Live Nation Ticketmaster because they're being grilled in Congress right now, right? Like yesterday, today, but uh, or day before. I actually didn't like, hear about that. Well, yeah, what's your what's your fucking take on uh, Live Nation and Ticketmaster? Because they're getting they they they're, they might want to break them up to be because they're a monopoly. Oh, okay. They're talking about how how much of a stranglehold Ticketmaster has and Live Nation, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I honestly think that's a good idea. Like, <laughs> I think everybody yeah. thinks that's a good idea, especially yeah, if you're music. Yeah, like, cause I'm pretty sure, if I'm not mistaken, Ticketmaster takes a percentage of your artist. Well, I, th I think it's like a, I think well. it's like thirty percent or something insane. Yeah, plus, plus like, they charge is, fees to the customers. That's ridiculous. Yeah, and then they and, charge... and especially in this day and age where the, like you said earlier, artists are making ninety percent of their mo money on touring. Yeah, and they're taking thirty percent of that. Yeah. And you think about it, Ticketmaster, like especially for somebody like Drake, Ticketmaster, I guarantee, was handling every single one of his shows on tour. Yeah, they they and he's getting five hundred k a show. Yeah, so as and, soon as that adds up, quick. Yeah, it's yeah. it's way too much money. And then Live Nation is are the ones that actually have like the contracts with the venues booking the artists, right? I think that's how that works. Yeah. Yeah. So like, oh, I know who Live Nation is. They're like the network of promoters who book yeah. the artists. So. Yeah. So they yeah. Ticketmaster owns Live Nation. Yeah, that's that's a bad combo. It, yeah, I think, exactly. I think it should definitely be broken up. Because like when you've done shows and sold tickets, do you use a service or do you just like fucking print tickets and like sell them? Uh, so Connor, my uh, my boss in music, Connor uh, Lorenz, he owns Extrinsic and he works in Strong Survive. They print their own tickets, and for a little bit, they were using Ticketmaster, so he's been affected directly through this, you know, but now we're using eTix. Okay. Yeah, we use a service now uh, that isn't Ticketmaster, and uh, I, I think they're pretty great. I mean, they're even, like, really cool-looking tickets. Like, I keep a few, like, when I buy them for myself, I still have a bunch of them laying around. Yeah, I mean, like, ticketing is something that, uh, like, Web4 is really good for, like, blockchain technology right like that would be yeah. that's that's what fucking blockchain would be perfect for yeah well, it was, that is one of i think the blockchain whether it was meant to or not was pretty much made for music like mm -hmm. <laughs> i think the blockchain has the biggest resource available in in anything art related honestly yeah, like we like for like I've done ticketed events, like we've done like wine and cheese events and stuff, and we use Eventbrite as the uh, is the company we use, and I think they take like I think it's less than five percent. Are I they think. Canadian? Like, yeah, that's they might, how it they might be, be Canadian. Yeah, but they're really good because yeah, they they email confirmations to the to the to the people with their ticket information, and the, you you can print it off and you have all their names and everything. It's like it's a really good service. But I think yeah, when I when they took. I think like last time I used them, I sold like twenty five hundred bucks of tickets or something, and they, I was expecting the fee to like be a fair amount, and then they took like twenty bucks out, and I'm like, oh, okay, that's that's yeah, fine. that's how it should be because I'm I'm I imagine you're paying the company to print your tickets too. You're not just getting them. No, up just front, e right? just just digital. Yeah, like I'm just print. I'm just I print them off myself. Like, oh yeah, no, they oh. just come with their their phone and it has a QR code on it, and then I just like look at it. And then they've got like a scanner. A oh wow, scanner app. So there's no there's no printing. 
Wow. Well, what I did, because I like my last event I did was like 40 people. So it was enough to keep track of. So I just had their names printed on a piece of paper that you can just do from the from the website. And then as they came in, I just asked their name and I checked them off. Mm, so okay. I just had like a list. So, um, yeah. But I mean, like there's, yeah, I, I think there's, there's, there's always going to be services that pick up trying to take advantage of anyone, right? Like it's any, you know, like you're like, I don't want to fucking book my shows myself and print my tickets myself and manage all refunds and that shit. Like, I'm not going to do that. So eh, 30% is 30%. I like, I can't do it myself. So I'm going to pay them and they're, that's what they're waiting for. Right. Yeah. Cause I mean, you're always going to get those people. Like you said, that I don't want to do all that myself. All I want to do is show up, do my show and leave. Yeah. Get paid for it. Well, I still think 30% is nuts. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know if it's that high, but like it's, 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 it's high. It's a lot. And then on the customer side, you're like, uh, you pay the ticket fee, and then there's a processing fee, and then there's like a something, something or other, because fuck you fee, and then taxes, yeah. and then more fees, and then it's like and by the time it's all done, fee. yeah, then by the time it's all done, it's marked up like 50% over the price of the ticket, and that's the only place you can buy that ticket. Well, people were yeah. like buying fucking Taylor Swift tickets for like $1,000. Well, that was, yeah. here, it was like $6,000, dude. <laughs> Yeah, the way it's all uh all actually this investigation is actually based around the Taylor Swift concert or Taylor Swift tour and what they say is that basically bots were pounding the site and driving up the surge pricing, I guess of like their algorithm mm -hmm. and also was crashing the site. So they blame bots and then I th I think the idea of Congress is they're like, "Well, that's kind of the fucking problem, isn't it? That like your system is set up where it can be exploited like this." So Yeah. Yeah, and it I mean, certainly if you is. think about it, if they if they split up the company, like it, I honestly would hope for something like the total demise of Ticketmaster, right? Yeah, they need because to because then it gives that it gives a regional area kind of yeah. feel to it. Like yeah. you go to the West, and X company's helping sell the tickets over there. You go to the Midwest; it's a different company. Yeah, it's and really... each one of them is profiting for the region, and the bots can't attack for the entire tour because it's all split up into different different companies. Yeah, different you know? systems instead of just one. Yeah. yeah yeah there's a lot of ways like it's an it's an antitrust issue is what it is and i don't know it's really fucking hard to break up companies like that and to create room for competition you really just got to talk to people that know the industry and a lot of the things they talk about is like venues have like five to ten year contracts with ticketing and promotion companies so it's like they need to make they need to maybe attack those contracts or whatever it is that's keeping other people out because if you're like oh i'm going to start a promotions company it's like oh but the next time the the bid is up for tenders in four years from now, and when it does go up for tender, it's almost guaranteed to go to the same fucking guy because they're going to overpay yeah. for it. And we got to check if Nancy Pelosi owns a bunch of Ticketmaster stocks because if she does, then it, there's no way this is going through the courts. True. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we're going to transfer here into the part of the show that we call Shot Caller, the part of the show where you, the audience, can pick the shot that we take. Uh, today, Tyler and I are taking the good old... I don't know. We, we've we been trying to do weird ones, and uh, it's a... Where is the camera that you can see? It's a salted watermelon whiskey. Oh, <laughs> yeah, we we don't know. I don't know if you had those in America, but like you, you go to like a gas station, they have like five-cent candies. And you like pick them up and put them in the bag, and there's like those little watermelon ones. Yeah, that's what it fucking tastes like. Whoa. <laughs> also, do you know about like Old Smoky Tennessee whiskey? Old Smoky, I've heard of it. I have. I don't think I've ever. Yeah, tried Yeah, they've it got like moon, a lot of moonshine based products. It's, actually, it's not. They got like Mason Mason jar like the Mason jar pie. like the apple pie moonshine yeah. and stuff. 
Yeah, I have tried it. Yeah, Fantastic. It's that, it's that's the same company. It's the same company. I think it's oh. it's not great, but I love how weird they're getting. Like I would never drink their fucking I'll show it to the camera so the audience can see too. Um it's not like I would never drink their actual whiskey, but the weird I'm like this is the weirdest thing on this shelf today is this fucking thing. So cuz we used to drink their mango habanero version and it got discontinued. Hey, yeah. So now we're drinking <laughs> now we're drinking this today. So it's you're taking, actually, a, yeah. taking a drink with us? Yeah, yeah. I'm what are you uh, what are you shooting show the camera? Uh, it's Seagrams. Uh, I don't know if it's backwards oh, yeah, for so you guys. Know. It is, but well, I'll, I'll mirror it <laughs> when we. Uh, yeah. When I yeah. Edit it. Okay. Well, uh, I don't. Uh, I don't have a webcam, so I'm using my phone. So cheers to that, huh? <laughs> well, that's what we're using. We're using Willow's phone. I'm using. It, well, really? well, okay, no. So I'm using a phone to record that the final version will see. You're looking at me through a webcam now. Oh, okay, okay. But it is an HD, like proper webcam. Yeah. 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 So uh, anyway, thank you, Seagrams and or. Old Smokey for sponsoring this episode. <laughs> that is crisp. <laughs> I remember Marty, when we were in Wyoming. Is it still illegal to buy alcohol on Sunday? No. Okay. Because no. it was when we were there. Yeah. And actually... <laughs> Speaking of, like, the weirder laws, dude, I actually want to give you, like, a little insight on the weird laws we have here. One of the laws that we have still in, like, the town constitution, whatever you want to call it, is that when you leave jail, the sheriff's office is supposed to give you a rifle and a horse. <laughs> to don't. With. Do they? No, they don't. That, and I'm kind of pressed about it. Fucking <laughs> dude, the, okay. the, boy, the boy's getting arrested on fucking Saturday to get a horse and a rifle? <laughs> Yeah, they would yeah. like go in on the weekend, come out with a couple hundred dollars of extra stuff. <laughs> yeah, you come need a to thousand, go, man. You need to go get arrested so you can sue them <laughs> for not giving you a fucking rifle and a horse. I would love law enforcement. Law enforcement. Enforce that law. <laughs> yeah, that, that's honestly. Let's. That sounds like a business I would invest in. Let's do this. <laughs> I will. I hate every cop unless you enforce in don't unless you enforce that law. Then I will re start respecting your police department again, Cody Police Department. <laughs> You've been called out. Um, it's official right here. Because I remember your fucking country, or I guess your state is so goddamn weird because it's like you can buy liquor just at a gas station in a sh on a shelf but on sunday they blocked it off and you couldn't buy it yeah i yeah i grew up yeah. in a i grew up in a dry <laughs> town like bible belt of this province and oh. uh yeah so i i probably grew up in a town that was pretty much like the state you live in <laughs> so there's probably a lot in common actually with it I will say the most beautiful night sky I've ever seen was in Wyoming and Montana. Like just yeah. driving through between, I guess like Billings and Cody, like just going through the mountains and it was the middle of the night. And we, we literally pulled over the car and got out and just looked up because it was like when you Google like fucking like stars and it's just like every, everything in the stars, of star, that's what it was like. It was the clearest sky I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah, uh, that's actually one thing I'm like, very on, thankful for living here. Cause... Like, oh, it is gorgeous when you can look up and there's no light pollution. Yeah, oh, man. I, I think the best lights I've ever seen, I was, um, like, how big is Cody? Cody's only 10,000 people. Okay, I think. so uh, the most remote I've personally been 
uh, is pr probably about six hours north of like the next biggest town would have been Cody. So six hours further north than that into Can up northern Canada, which means north of oh, that man. is nothing. Yeah. yeah there's <laughs> literally literally <laughs> nothing. Yeah. And I uh, got was standing on this beach looking at the stars and the, the water on this like small lake was just like perfect like glassy smooth so like it looked like an infinity display where it's like from my feet all the way over my head was just stars it was perfect oh, and then i got chased by a bear <laughs> and i fucking <laughs> ran the for my life thing about that whole sentence <laughs> yeah yeah i got fucking chased by a bear up a like up a sand dune you ever ran up a sand dune like <laughs> yes yeah yeah it's imagine hard. imagine it's a fucking hard. imagine a fucking bear is chasing you up a sand dune it was not a good time, and it was my that fucking bear fault would too. Not want to eat me after I shit my pants. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it was fucking terrifying. Yeah, like can't. Uh, we have a friend that actually grew up in um, in uh, Yukon, right? Or is it Northwest it's, Territories? It's Northern Manitoba. Mitch? Technically, yeah. Or no, was it a Calumet? Yeah, think he, he was in a Calumet. His res is in Northern Manitoba, but he's yeah. It was a Calumet that is in North, Northwest Territories, right? I believe so. I don't know. I don't, I don't fucking know our northern territories anyway. Yeah, it's anyways. northwest territories. But that's like, like, out here we experience northern lights, which is like on the northern sky, oh, northern God, horizon. We, we can see them, right? Oh, uh, but God. Where, but, I want to see that so bad. But where he's from, you see them like northwest, east, south. Like, it's fully over you and around you. And like, because oh. you're in the middle of it. Because you're in, yeah, you're in the Arctic Circle up there. Yeah. Um, And it's like, but then you get days where it's like there's no light for a month. Like the sun doesn't mm. ever comes up over the horizon, and then on the other side of the year, it's it never goes under the horizon. Mm -hmm. Um. So yeah, like, uh, but it's yeah, they'll they'll you'll see northern lights every night up there. Yeah, but it uh. the fucking crazy part is it's cheaper for me to spend uh, two weeks in Amsterdam than it is for me to go to Iqaluit for four days. What? Yeah, just yeah, because it's so remote, right? It's, There's no it's, like it's so yeah, it's so far. Like the the flight, like this is the thing about how fucking massive Canada is. Like it was more money and slower to get to like Iqaluit from my city, which is like in Manitoba, which is directly south of it. That's not even like super far east or west. I'm like pretty much in line. It would take me longer to get to Iqaluit than it would to Amsterdam, and Amsterdam would be significantly cheaper. Wow. Yeah, we live in a big-ass fucking country. Like, like if I want to go on a trip <laughs> yeah. and spend $20,000, either I can go to Churchill. Okay, it's not or... going to take you $20,000 to go oh, to no, it's, it's like, uh, for the full tours, it's like seven, $8,000 a person. That seems like a lot. Or if we want to do, like, Via Rail, from Via Rail from, like... Uh, Except that's... it's broken right now. Right, that's, so... that, that's like our scenic passenger uh, rail cars, uh, like luxury passenger rail. Uh, that goes from, like, Winnipeg to the coast, like, to the west coast. Um, it is cheaper to fly to monaco and spend a week on a yacht than it is to like just take our rail to the west coast oh my god it's fucking crazy for like the same amount of time like i've i've, I've like done like vacation searching like oh i want to like go do this thing it's like within canada and i'll look at the price and I'm like god damn it's like it'd be a hell of a lot cheaper to just go to ibiza and rave for a weekend <laughs> and it's like we, we're looking at uh, we're actually flying to halifax in a couple of weeks and uh, a flight to Halifax was uh, $50 more than a flight to Amsterdam, same dates. Yeah, so, I mean, that's just from being in a country that doesn't have a lot of people. That's really, that's the real problem. Yeah, it's all supply and demand, right? Yeah, that's really what it is. But also driving there takes well, four days. What's the population difference between the can can Canada and the United States? Ten to, uh, ten to one. Ten to one, yeah. 
Wow, yeah. I had no idea. We're basically the population of California. We yeah, we are the size of California. The whole country? The whole country, yeah. But California California would fit several times over in our province. Like yeah, our our country <laughs> is bigger than like half of Africa. But like landmass wise, but yeah, we have 35 million people. Wow. So there's cities in China that have more people in Canada. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that is nuts. I, th- yeah. I never knew that. Yeah, yeah. There's like, a lot of empty space here. Like and, cabin country, like it's up here, it's like all about going to going to the cabins, going to the woods, and uh, there's just fucking space, man. Like it's not hard to make plans on a weekend and go and do something where you won't see a soul. That's really cool. I mean, at least you guys have like one of the last untouched areas. On we, the literally planet. the last untouched area yeah. next to like the, the Antarctic Circle, I guess. <laughs> yeah, we literally do. It's like we have the most fresh water in like the world in Canada and like, yeah. Some Inner of the province. Second largest country by landmass. Like it's, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, That's nuts. But dude. as soon as the climate wars start happening, your country will probably take us over and annex us for our water, so... You know, yeah, <laughs> it's what it is. Hey, might as well move to Canada right now, right? Because I mean, <laughs> you're all going to become Americans at some point. Yeah, we'll be the, uh, we'll, yeah, the, the, we'll be another United, the 51st state. Yeah, you and your cousins will come rolling through. They'll be like, "Hey, we know a guy here." <laughs> yeah, we know a guy. It's fine. <laughs> we got a spot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, dude, that's nuts. I did not know that it was outnumbered like that. Like, and I know you guys have some beautiful wilderness. I got to spend a week up in Canada on a private island over in, like, British Columbia area. Yeah. And still to this day, it's been, like, 10 years. That is, hands down, the most beautiful area I have ever seen in my life. Yeah, it's like Like, I got to see whales breaching out of the water and shit like that, dude. Like, it was just a nice little fog over the water and everything. Oh, it was, like, surrounded by perfectly green mountains. Like, oh, my God. I, I cannot emphasize enough how beautiful that was like what i (laughs) love that place what i really like about canada too is like well i guess it's kind of like america in the same way that like there's so many different biomes and like groups like different area like we have the like in bc the mountains and the oceans and then the other coast is like completely different with like rock faces and like different ocean and then like we're just in the prairies with like it's all flat and it's like Mm -hmm. it's just yeah it's interesting i I do think the u.s though has the most uh it has the most extreme weather on the planet and also the most uh, uh diversity of uh ecosystems like like the tip of florida to the tip of north dakota are like the most difference in weather is what you're saying no, just like in terms of total diversity, like deserts, jungles, prairies, mountains, coasts, tundras, tundras, like yeah. tropical everything. Like they have the most diversity and most extreme weather. They're the only place that's got. You know that U.S. is the only place that has tornadoes in the world. I was about to ask if you knew that or not because yeah. I, when you guys when you said like we have the most extreme weather, I was like, you know, now that I think about it. I never read about a fucking tornado in China. Have you, like, no, it, no, it's literally just the U.S. Why is that? Why is that true? Well, why I guess, that oh, I guess know, U.S. No, and no, Canada. Don't even yeah. answer that. I know. I know why. Okay, we're not even going to talk about why we're the only ones to get tornadoes. It's the CIA, obviously. <laughs> it's the, yeah, the DARPA yeah. is creating them. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever been in a uh, in a tornado or like seen one? No. Okay, I've seen one. I've seen one technically. Uh, so I used, I was born in Arizona. Yeah. Right, and uh, one day we were driving back. Little uh, little backstory on day day here. My brother had got his when he was born. His eye was like super fucked up, like he couldn't see out of it or anything. When he was two years old, he had a surgery to get his eye removed from his head and like reworked and everything, you know. 
on the way back from that, we like look over Mount Lemon. And like we're looking over the mountain, and there's just this huge dust devil, like massive. And dust devils are kind of like tornadoes, just not as violent, right? right? Uh, but it was taller than our mountain, and you could just see it swirling over there, dude. And that's as close as I've ever been to anything like a tornado. Oh, yeah. But I have a really weird bucket list, and being in a tornado is definitely like top three on my bucket <laughs> list. <laughs> I, I've... I really can't stop number two, and that was being in a car accident, if that tells you anything about me, dude. <laughs> that's a fun list, dude. That's a real yeah, fun Yeah, man. List. I've I've been within uh I think within a mile of a tornado. I saw like really? a, I saw like a seventy pound chunk of like like a steel disc. You ever you ever had like a disc fry? Like really like this massive steel disc. You just fill it with oil and you like fry like fucking fish and potatoes and shit. In there. Yeah. So like <laughs> the disc fry like the disc. That's such an unrelatable statement. And then you're yeah. like, oh yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. Well, you like, you really both are fucking hicks. <laughs> but yeah, the the fucking disc. Flew across the yard like a frisbee. It was oh crazy. Oh my god! Yeah, you know how heavy those things are. It was like a two-man lift. And uh, <laughs> the uh, one of the trees in the yard got hit by lightning directly and exploded, split in half, straight down the middle. Like half the tree fell, half the tree was still standing. It was wild. And wow. uh, there was so many like half the trees in the village they got all knocked down, and we like couldn't leave for a while because we had to like you know hook them up with tow ropes and like drag drag them off the road. And mm-hmm. uh, get your yeah. Ford F one fifty out. Yeah, F three. Yeah, the F one hundred and fifty. Yeah, yeah. There, yeah, there was like a significant amount of damage around here, and like there's, um, yeah. It's just always in the kind of the small towns, kind of surrounding the city where I grew up in. But yeah, it was like I got really, really close to a tornado once, and uh, just outside of Winnipeg, where we where we are right now. Actually, Charleswood within Winnipeg. We're gonna like geo. You can beep that out. Um, Probably 30 minutes from here was uh, one of the most powerful tornadoes ever recorded. It was an F5. Really? Yeah, it it wiped an entire town off the map. If you oh, actually like, shit. yeah, if you look it up, the Eli, Eli at, Manitoba, yeah. yeah, Eli tornado is one of the one of the strongest tornadoes ever recorded. It was like 30 minutes from here, so Jesus. we get them too. And it's like with global warming, it's actually gonna like the tornado alley is gonna push north, and we're yep. we're gonna get more and more and more of them. Well, like, did you hear? I I'm no scientist, okay, by any means. I will say that now. So, like, are you sure? This is all opinion. Your glasses, <laughs> your glasses made you look pretty fucking legit. I, yeah, right. Like, I even got the tape and everything. Like, <laughs> so that's not even tape. That's an archery glove. Oh, I was gonna ask you what that was. That's so good. <laughs> yeah, it's an archery glove that we just tore up. And... <laughs> but uh, did you guys notice or read about the fact that our our core is now spinning the other way? Yeah, I heard it stopped somehow. Yeah, it stopped, and now it's spinning the other way. Yeah, I didn't like, look into our, it Our core reversed its direction, right? And I think, like, I think that's going to have some huge effects on well, our climate and everything. There, like, There's theories that, uh, like, the entire, like, when Pangea, the Pangea shift happened, where, like, the, the continents split apart, or, uh, like, the Noah's Ark flood, which some people think are the same event, but I don't know. I'm not a fucking scientist. But the uh, there are records of uh, like the city of Atlantis, for example, being buried or sorry, being flooded, where floodwaters reached like hundreds of feet tall and moved at like 30, 40, 50 miles an hour, and yeah. just wiped out entire continents and just washed out washed out cities over a long 
long distance. And it's like, imagine if the, the core had a shift. <laughs> it, the Earth's core shifts, magnetic pole shift. I mean, like... Yeah, the the effects can't even be, like, fucking conceived of. Like, you're, not even, like, you're not even talking about weather here. We're talking about, like, you have a slight hiccup in the rotation of the Earth. And it's just, like, it's it's fucking cataclysmic. Like, it's, it's yeah, getting like, hit by okay. a giant meteor. If, if, if the Earth stopped spinning itself just it's abruptly, we would all shift at a thousand miles an hour that way, dude. And every single person would be dead instantly. Like, and... And it, it blows my mind, you know, like because well, Earth will take care of us, but it'll also destroy us. Uh, well, it'll, Earth, Earth will shrug us off like a bad fucking cold and get Literally. back yeah, to normal. Dude. Literally, <laughs> yeah. Like, like, it, give, it a, give it a thousand years after we're gone, and I guarantee Earth is thriving again. One of my <laughs> one of my favorite theories about like why we have the level of technology we have now, and it hasn't happened in the past, because like uh, estimates are that humanity's been around for about nine hundred thousand years. And, like, the human genome. If you're only listening to the yeah. audio version of this podcast and not the video version, as soon as he said Atlantis, I stood up and got the tinfoil beer hat out of the closet and put it on <laughs> his head. Uh, so just for context, he is currently wearing a tinfoil hat. Which makes everything I say inadmissible in court. CSIS can fuck, fuck right off. CSIS is our CIA. Um, oh, shit. <laughs> Anyways, what was I? What was I saying? We're talking about. We're talking about. Uh, the the Earth stopping rotation, uh, like the the weather changes and everything. Oh yeah, sorry. Uh, hu- the fucking human evolution to the point, like what? Why well, I shouldn't say human evolution. Like our our technology. Like we got these microphones and shit. Like this is pretty crazy. This probably hasn't existed before that we know of. And the only thing that it can be attributed to is we just like haven't been hit by any like really big rocks or had any like there's been no ice ages recently and just like when i say no extinction events like last last ten thousand years there's been no major extinction events to like knock us back to the fucking stone ages for just long enough for us to evolve this stuff and most of everything that we have has been you know created in the last like hundred years right one yeah. of my favorite Think about cons- the fact that we have like a hundred years like, if you go back a hundred years most of everything that you know is doesn't exist and yep take that back times a million it's like that's roughly or sorry times uh, 10,000 that's like roughly how long humans have been fucking around with stuff it's it's not even it's not even reasonable to think that we cannot be completely wiped off <laughs> wiped off yeah. the map and it like it, it can happen tomorrow with a rock out of the sky one of my favorite conspiracies is that there the civilizations that came before us were so advanced that everything they produced was so biodegradable that down, there yeah. is no record evidence of them anymore. Of them. Because and all the only thing that is evidence of them is, is like the pyramid because they built that not to be biodegradable. They built it to be like a monument or something. But everything about their regular life just biodegraded because that's how they were living their life because they needed to be sustainable because they were a advanced civilization. Never heard of that, and that makes so much more sense, dude. Oh my god. So I could totally see that because I am a firm believer that there's there's no way that the pyramids were built just you know with slaves like the like the mass people think like just thousands of pound thousands of people of slaves built that 
There's yeah. over two point what two point eight million stones in each of the pyramids, and like stones There's you no, can't uh, get from around there. They had to place yeah, like from hundreds of yeah. miles away in a different quarry. Yeah, they had like, to place. No, they had no to place a stone. Way. They had to place a stone like every ninety minutes in order to build this thing in the period of time that they built it, and they were yeah. moving them like nine hundred miles, and these stones are bigger than any piece of equipment we have today could reasonably like move in place in that amount of time. Like it would take way more resources than like even a state would have right now, mm-hmm. and like our mechanized equipment wouldn't be able to do it. And like I work, I my what for a living I work with stone and like masonry and like cutting super like the hardest man-made materials that we can reasonably make for building these days like stuff that's harder than porcelain and the like the drilling and the cutting that they had the capability to do we cannot even replicate today we are yeah they are their efficiency was roughly 600 times greater than what the best tools i can buy today can perform well think about uh what was that? Oh, you just reminded me of something, and now I can't even remi- remember it. Uh, this is the beauty of the drinking podcast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, so on to another point. So, like, you know how you're saying that, like, uh, these advanced civilizations, like, their technologies could not even be known to us because they're biodegradable, right? And, like, all these things that we have in life today have been discovered within the last hundred years. Yeah. Well, on that front, penicillin was discovered by accident in modern day times. By a Canadian. Uh, by a, can- by a Canadian scientist who accidentally left a petri dish of bacteria out, right? Yeah. 40,000 years ago, the Neanderthals knew about penicillin. Like, they knew that they didn't, I don't think they necessarily knew, like, there's an active ingredient in this right. thing that's making us feel better. Right. But they knew if they ate this specific kind of moss, it would, it would heal the specific kind of ailment that they right. had that penicillin fixed today. One of my penicillin favorite, is finding that moss. One of my favorite things is like, it. just because white people can't do it today doesn't mean people didn't do it before. Exactly. That's a great <laughs> that's thing. Not true. Like, I, that's not coming true. from a white people, that's like... Just because we're I like, how the fuck that. could these black people build those pyramids? That can't be possible. It's like, maybe, <laughs> maybe we're just... We can't do it anymore. <laughs> it's, there's, we went that 40,000 time frame. 40,000 years without knowing about penicillin when the Neanderthals died off, right? And then we found it by fucking accident. And they were they discovered it through their tribal, like, medicine men. Yeah. And that just says what else in time has been lost. You know, yeah. like, 40,000 years to find a bacteria that helps us that they already knew about. What are What else do we not know about that they did? Yeah. You I, know? One of my favorite... For, for all we know, they're way more advanced than we could ever imagine they were. In different ways. That's the thing. It's like advanced in different yeah. ways. The only thing that we've really done differently is we discovered like petrochemicals. Uh, and that's basically created where we are today is the petrochemical industry, like just plastics and everything that came off of that energy. But if, for example, things were built previously in a, in a sustainable way, things were based off of um, like sound resonance frequencies instead of like um, mechanic, mechanical, hydraulic, electrical technology it's like it's a it's a different branch of evolution so they just had it it differently and it's like recognizing it is virtually impossible because how do you recognize something that's been destroyed but there's yeah there's this body of evidence and just nobody's addressing it because it would destroy their fucking tenure as a professor so they're like nah nah we don't need to talk about that 
what blows my mind too is like like you said everything's like sound and vibration right and like i saw this one theory that you guys know as above so below right you know what that means like everything that is up here is the same down below so right. like the, there's a theory on the pyramid because if you know like if you read about the pyramids the the very top of it is crystal quartz yeah and at the very bottom of it it's crystal quartz right yeah and if you go through the pyramid it's not you know your pyramids like this you're not walking in a straight line like this through the pyramid you're going down okay so if you think about it like there's this i can't i can't remember it completely but there's this theory that they use something like as above so below to where they drop that quartz through the top and it formed the pyramid that we see but if you take the full shape of it it's actually like a diamond because okay. the pyramids also down below the way they did it was they did all like they they put up a dry mound of sand wetted it and then dropped that quartz through the top and it made that whole thing like that's just dumbing it down a lot like i'm very wrong about how i'm describing it but <laughs> now you know how to now you know how to google it to look for it for yourself <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. you know what i mean yeah the listeners <laughs> can uh, can look that up yeah, diamond do, pyramid if yeah do want. your own research yeah, is kind of the definition it, of this podcast yeah exactly like you know you can't expect people to tell you how to think you gotta do your own <laughs> yeah, research yeah man <laughs> <laughs> so i'm I, my job is always to kind of keep us on, on topic uh, here. fuck you so we are um we're coming to the latter half of the uh the podcast so i just like to kind of end on a couple business notes now but i wanted to know if you uh yeah actually good that's a good call usually on the podcast if we take a uh, shot that's under 40 percent, we take a second one so we me and tyler and i are taking a second shot right now see I don't even know when you poured this. Cheers. Cheers, boys. It's literally my job to get just get people drunk constantly. So That's a good job to have, bro. You're great at parties. <laughs> I'm always at house parties. If someone doesn't have a drink, I'm always like, even if it's not my place, I'm just like, oh, do you need a drink? Do you need something? Like, cause just because like, I'm in, like, you. I need to get you drunk. But um, yeah, so as far as like your... Um, obviously you're a relative not to insult you but you're a relatively small independent artist what uh yeah. what are your kind of aspirations business-wise like this is definitely something i know that you're very passionate about but this is something you probably want to make a full career off of right very yes uh like i can literally pinpoint the moment that i decided i wanted to make music like i was listening to silence by jaron benton right after somebody had you know died in my life I heard that first verse and that feeling I got in my head, I was like, I want to make people feel like this. I want them to know that they're not alone and stuff. And from that moment on, I decided like, I want to make this a career. Well, and yes, I am. Uh, I'm lesser known. I definitely, <laughs> I own that actually. Like, I'm not, I'm not one to like go around and be like, ah, I'm a lot bigger than I am, bitch. You know who I am? Google me. It's like, yeah. I'm, I'm paying for my spot, you know? Yeah. We're, yeah. Like, but, but speaking from just knowing you for, you know, years coming up on a decade probably um like you've gotten a lot more skilled in the time i've known you and you've also gotten a lot more clout like i see a lot more uh people interacting with your stuff um since you know like when i first met you and you've you've done shows with some relatively big people like tech nine you said like chris webby i know you had a show with uh, uh other... yeah afro man dax yeah. chris calico couple more yeah 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 so those are like that's um i think a lot of people can't say that right like that's yeah <laughs> that's <laughs> one thing that i think that's the most i'm proud of like outside the fact so there's three things in music i'm proud of it's one who i've performed with okay and my 
two is my first video that I ever released under Dead President Click got 7,000 views overnight. And then three, my first show had 10 people in it, and my second show was a sold-out crowd. Nice. Like, those are the three things I'm proud of most. I, not the money I've made or, you know, like any of that. It's those little personal goals. Like, I've crossed off every single person that I've wanted to perform with is already crossed off my list. I had to make a whole new one <laughs> because I already I already crossed off all my goals for my performances. Yeah. Like, Tech 9 he's he's been a legend in my life forever chris webby is my all-time favorite artist like yeah top number one above literally every other fucking person on the planet and i got to perform with him three times like i cannot i still can't believe that to this yeah. day like I, I i go back and look at that picture like for the show i'm like dude i did that like you know and i'm still showing off people like this is me with chris webby <laughs> this is when i perform with afro man this is technically you know like I don't know, like a lot of these rappers nowadays are going for, I want to have bags on bags on bags so I can do it, so I can say I did it, right? I want to have generational wealth so my great-great-grandkids are taken care of. Like that's the number one goal above everything else. Like I'm not doing it for me. Like sure, I'm going to enjoy the fruits of my labor. Fuck yeah, I am while I'm here. And if I make it, I'm going to live my life to the fullest don't get me wrong but the long run is to make sure that like the family that i won't have a chance to meet when i'm long gone will still be benefiting from what i did yeah because i think that's like i saw i forget what the article was talking about but i saw some like the like john lennon's like grandkid or something or like one of those Beatles has like a grandkid that's like getting paid royalties from, yeah um who was it as fucking um nos put his daughter like his like 11 month year old daughter as like an executive producer on stillmatic and now she gets paid for every every royalty she gets percentage of yeah it. yeah and like did that yep. when she was a kid yeah stuff like that yeah like that, that and then like because i guess that depends on your contract but if you own your own masters and your own streaming rights and everything even after you die like you're still your estate's getting paid that yep exactly yeah. and like think about michael jackson like his his kids blanket and all them they are get. They're still gonna be able to ride off of Michael Jackson's music until the day they die. Yeah. They won't stop getting paid for it. Because I guess yeah, if you have a trust or a corporation or whatever that owns the rights, then that just. I'm pretty sure his estate has actually made more money than he ever did. Yeah, like when he died. Look at every single artist who died. Mac Miller, the one celebrity I died over or died cried over when they died. I I bawled my eyes out when Mac Miller died. He he fucking saved me in high school. But when he died, his streaming went up like 3,000%. And his mom got all of that. Well, same, like, still number one streamed on Spotify is XSX Tentacion is, like, higher streaming than Drake right now. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. For about, uh, I think for three, this happened three months in a row. I discover an artist, start listening to him, fall in love with the music, and then they die. <laughs> Like within the I'm month. I'm guessing the last one was Juice World, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think X was the. I think X was the last one, but it, so like three times, th fucking three times in a row. Like, oh, I like this artist, and they fucking died. I was like, shit. Okay, I'm gonna ask you a favor. Please don't yeah, listen. I to was me. just gonna say, I'm not gonna, <laughs> gonna send say, you any I'm, of the songs I'm, afterwards. Wait, wait, how, how old are you? 26. <laughs> um, yeah, 26. I'm about to join the 27 club. Yeah, you're fucked. Me fuck. too, baby. Yeah, yeah, you're fucked, dude. You're fucked. <laughs> My um, yeah, that's funny. Um. Yeah, I guess it's like he's about he's about to get car accidented. 
yeah i guess like yeah. um as far as like business <laughs> aspirations um yeah i i just i talk to you all the time at late at night we have weird drunk conversations and i think like you you just need to fucking put out more songs like that's that's the only thing that's holding you I back know. i think i think it is too and like okay this is the first time i'm saying this to somebody who isn't my music partner okay the hardest thing about rap for me literally is the first fucking line <laughs> i have i will sit there for like two three hours before i get the first line of a song dude but as soon as i get that first line done it's like 16 bars in the next 30 minutes and but say, I have no idea where to start. I gotta say, man, write the first line fucking last. That's that's Yo. when I dude, when I write, I'm I love writing. I love like uh more like persuasive writing, um like articles, advertising copy, shit like that. Like I don't have creative mm -hmm. writing, but like I'm in a different space. But I always write the beginning last. Because that's write, actually such a because smart the beginning idea. is so big, you gotta talk about what you're gonna talk about. I just brain dump, compress it. And then I write the beginning. Well, even like when See, you when you write a business plan, you're supposed to do the executive summary, which is the first paragraph. You're supposed to do that last. Yeah. Because it's supposed to sum up everything that you've written about. Yes, yeah, so you do that and last. And you don't know what you're writing about until you write about it. Yeah, you write the first line last and the conclusion second last. That's a smart approach to it, too. And like... There's no pressure in that, the middle, uh, man. <laughs> that, actually might, that actually might change up how much music i put out if he gets <laughs> that's, a, that's good man if he that's gets good. a fucking ep credit for that and i don't i am fucking freaking out <laughs> yeah my and my... see like okay the harder the other hardest thing for me is like you listen what is one thing most of these artists nowadays have in common when they're writing music right they will rap about a thousand different things in one verse right yeah my brain is stuck on you have to relate everything which, have, like you have to you have to tell the story which to be fair to though, like, that that is better like i'm a people i you know you always hear old heads complain that fucking like no one can stay on fucking topic like even like anthony fantano says that all the time it's like okay two lines you're on the same topic and then oh now you're switching okay like you, yeah. you lost me it's like that's a lost art i think a lot of times where it's like no this verse is about this and this verse is about this and you're not just that's like... exactly where i have because nowadays the music industry has changed so much from when i was a kid when i was growing up it was four to five minute songs telling you a fucking story. Like, look at Mockingbird by Eminem. The first rap song I ever learned word for word, six years old, right? That song has so much meaning behind it. Like, Eminem's struggling. He's trying to take care of his daughter. Let her know that, hey, I'm not, I'm not present right now, but I'm still here. You know, there was a time where I didn't have money. We were getting robbed and all that. Mom and dad fighting a lot. And that's that whole song. He does not detour off of that at all and then you go and listen to these new artists and it's like oh i fucked a bitch on tuesday but i also opened a business six months ago like it it makes no fucking sense you know like but it sounds good but so do you think it that's... sounds exactly that the attention spans are so short that nowadays two lines about one topic is all that's needed do you yeah. think you can that... go into another topic just just good enough to get a tiktok soundbite right that exactly that's all you're shooting for nowadays if you become a viral sound on tiktok you're paid for the rest of your life do yeah. you know who uh baby no money is baby no uh, money yeah he so he's a canadian rapper he does a lot he did a bunch of albums with young gravy i don't know if you know who that is yeah i i know young gravy he's okay yeah master. so they they did a bunch of um 
collab like they're best friends in like real life and they did a bunch of collab albums together but uh, he got famous uh from tiktok so he had like 2000 monthly streams or something on spotify and then what happened was this chinese basically chinese royalty like it was like a chinese oligarch's kid um who had like a billion followers on tiktok because china um posts a video of them like lip syncing one of his songs and he went from like 2000 monthly streams to like a million overnight and then he actually toured in china before he toured in canada because yeah, like he that's, like no one knew him outside but tiktok got him famous and that's happened to a bunch a of fucking thing. um do you listen to connor price yes i do and i just okay. like you said i discovered him through tiktok yeah, yeah. tiktok's he's killing it with tiktok yeah that's yeah, how that's how is. i found him too and he's like now he's uh fucking touring with hoodie allen and they're like best buds they just released, yeah and released, like if you think connor best price buds is like a staple for who created the tiktok sound yeah. like because you think about you think about Connor Price on TikTok, and it's all these little skits, like the yeah. one with the yeah. carrot, so good, the yeah. carrot flu. He's like, "What the fuck is this guy yeah, doing?" Yeah. And now you see every other rapper out here doing little skits with themselves promoting their song. You know, yeah. what's um, it, what's the fucking crazy. name that does uh, Black Top Big Shirt Billy Eilish? That song. What's that guy? I don't know his name, but I definitely yeah. know the song. But he got famous off fucking. Um, off tiktok too like that's this is people yeah. using his shit on tiktok sounds like it's crazy when you think about it and I, I could see a lot of like old heads and industry people being like i'm not gonna do that because fuck you. like i shouldn't have to but i always I, talk about in business it's like the market is the market is the market is the market yeah. the market doesn't give a fuck what you think the market's exactly. gonna do what it does so if you can if you don't evolve with the market you're gonna be left behind exactly yeah. so that's yep. yeah but do you think like a, a big thing that's holding you back is that like you're consider yourself like do you consider yourself a perfectionist when it comes to music when it when it comes to music most definitely like when i started i was doing the jumping around topics right like one of the things i said was like i'm sick but got no symptoms i'm a rebel taking down the system killing every motherfucker who don't listen like none of those things related to each other and that's that sounds like 50 other fucking verses i've exactly it sounds like every other soundcloud rapper trying to fucking do this right but then i write something like tell a story that pertains to us yeah like that has a good story to us and i sit back and like talk about i'm really proud of it and it i don't know it's it's so different nowadays but because i've heard like a lot of like Russ is a good example, I think, where he was just like, I'm going to put out a song every single week. And even like Chris Webby did that, right, with his Webby Wednesdays. And then like, yeah. uh, uh, I, th- I know he's Mer- been going on three years with doing that. Three yeah, years. Mercules does that, did that with Remix for a while, where he was like putting out a remix every week. And it was like, Russ always talks about, he's like, I put out a song every single week and an album at least once like a year. And I put out 11 albums before anyone noticed who I was. And it was just consistently. Yeah. But then it's like, that's a big thing. I, I talk about this with like um, TikTok content and stuff for people. It's like you just got to build a backlog because if anyone ever discovers you and they want to explore you more and then they go on your Spotify and you have two songs, then yeah, they're not, not going to stick around. They're not going to stick around. Exactly. So, but and that's, the, that's the same thing. Like to make it a more general business topic. Like if people are trying to make content and stuff and they're like, oh, my first TikTok didn't get big. It's like, yeah, well, fucking people click on your TikTok and you have three videos. It's like, no one yeah. gives a fuck. So you need to create that backlog but, before. I mean, to be fair, there's also like fucking Goody Grace who's got almost nothing in his backlog, but fucking 
fifty times that in his unreleased, and he okay, just like makes all this music. Like, do you know the thing you, is, you ever heard of Goody Grace? No, I haven't. I haven't. He's oh. from he's from here. He's from small town Manitoba, but he did a song with like Blink One Eighty Two. He Travis he and... travels with Travis Barker and MGK. Yeah, and he did a song with like G. Yeah, but then he's gonna blow up quick. Yeah, well, he already basically has. He's, he but... signed to the same label as uh, Carrie Underwood. Whoa! Yeah, because he did a song with G Easy, and he yeah. did a song with Blink One Eighty Two. He produced all of G Easy's last album. Like, wow. like co yeah. co wrote and produced. I it. actually okay. I actually think I'm friends with that guy on Facebook. Then. <laughs> yeah, Goody. Yeah, Goody's fucking crazy. And he's, he's like he's, and like he's like the most he's like the most famous not famous person in Hollywood, <laughs> and he's from fucking Selkirk, Manitoba. He moved out there in when he was like 15, and he basically made his name by DJing celebrity parties because he wasn't legal to drink, so he like was just DJing parties. And everybody got to know him in these circles because he got like sponsored by some big rapper at the time. And yeah. uh, this rapper's like, "Yeah, move into my house, man. You got talent." And now he he's hardly released any music, but anything that he releases is super super good. But yeah, I used to work with one of his best friends, and he showed me like unreleased music, and I was like, and he would just be like doing like casual features with like fucking Post Malone, G Easy, Blink One Eighty Two, like, and it's like unreleased music that's never gonna never gonna get put out because of their contracts. Well, you see, like, think about Lil Yachty, right? You know that, yeah. uh, the walk in Poland? Yeah. You know, that was one of his throwaway songs. A hacker actually released that song. Wow. And it blew up. Yeah, he was like, I was never going to release that. But the hacker, like, see, put it out. And this he was is, like, I might as well get ahead of this. This you know? is why my mentality for music and a lot of other things is just fucking put it out. Content creation it's, of any yeah. kind is because yeah. you never know what's going to... Like, I've heard people say that like i've heard like i think i heard that youtuber say this but applies to music too is like they make videos where they don't think it's going to do well to the yeah. point where they don't they're not going to put it out and they're like yeah fuck it put it out and then it, that's the thing that gets them famous yeah. And, yeah and it blows up and sometimes it's just the market doesn't give a fuck what you think <laughs> like the yeah, market literally. is just going to do what the market does so i like i'm a quantity quantity over quality for the most part when i when it comes to content creation in my opinion i think just start getting your face and your voice out there and the like Eventually, you'll get in enough people's, you know, feeds that it's something yeah. happens. But see, the other thing with TikTok, since we're on, you know, like people blowing up off of TikTok and stuff, is you have to you have to consider the weird phenomenon of whether or not the artist is ready. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like you see you see some of these artists who go mega viral on TikTok, like top three sounds, right? They disappear. It completely disappear because. One, that's the only thing that the, the audience knows about them, right? They they are not on that like mega star level to where they just went from being a nobody to being at the top of the top that quick. Armani White, Nine... I just remembered that's the Billy Irish song guy. Armani White. Yeah, <laughs> just... that guy. Yeah, yeah, I do know that name. I just I only know that song by him. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But uh like a lot of these TikTok people who are blowing up with the number one sounds and stuff are not ready to be superstars. Well, you got to be cat. You got to so, be able to capitalize on it. Right. Yeah. And take a look at the catch me outside girl. Yeah, bro. She, she fucking ran with that dude. Yeah. She's, she was 15 when that happened. Yep. And now she's a multimillionaire built her own business you know, off of a fucking, she does. Yeah. yeah fuck Dr. Phil, man. You, you <laughs> fuck know, Dr. Yeah. Phil. She does. <laughs> she does $50 million a year on OnlyFans. 
Yeah, and, and like, he, does, okay. and, and doesn't that's even another post. creepy ass conversation because literally the day of her 18th birthday, she made three million dollars on yeah, OnlyFans, well, and that says a lot about the people who followed her right away. But she yeah. also didn't post any nudes. Yeah, she just posts like they're not even like bikini shots. Yeah, they're not even like yeah. explicit. Yeah. Yeah. But like and, fifty million fucking dollars in a year, buddy. <laughs> like, good, good for you. Just off of one website. Yeah. yeah. Like, never mind. Like, cause she has songs with fucking. Um, she had a song with Little Yachty too. Like, she has fucking mm-hmm. big names. She's collabing with. Like, I'm sure she has streams. Like out, a lot. out the ass, and her yeah. tour prices are in the tens of thousands, if not the hundreds of thousands, to do a single show. Like. I don't know if you guys know about like tour prices and stuff, but to give yeah. you an example of like an independent artist, like Tech Nine's still an independent artist. He started the label, you know, it doesn't Largest count. independent uh, artist, I think. Exactly. I heard from a promoter for Tech Nine to show up for two songs. Two songs was $36,000. Wow. Hmm. So you have to think about these mega viral stars. Drake is making $500,000 to book his show. That's yeah. not counting tickets. That's not counting Merck. That's nothing. 500000 to book him in your arena. Like, and it, it's nuts, dude. And some of these TikTok stars are just not ready for that level yet. You know, like they, everyone wants to skip the process, but yeah. not everybody is ready to skip the process. Yeah, that's that a massive sense. business to build. Like, I, I know. Yeah. I know, like, here's a good example. There was this, um, I won't name drop them because I don't want to get sued, but there was this um, jewelry business here in Manitoba that uh, Whoopi Goldberg ended up wearing one of the pieces of jewelry on The View. And it went, and and then so everyone was like Googling, trying to find it, and they found it. And a bunch of people were buying it. It was from like up north, not super up north, but like in Manitoba, in the province that I'm from. And yeah. they, they ended up like basically taking all the money and running and shutting down the website because they couldn't, or allegedly, I don't know what actually happened behind the scenes, but what happened like that I can see is that all these orders came in. They probably couldn't make the orders fast enough, got overwhelmed and just said, oh, fuck it. And just, and apparently they're in the process of getting sued or whatever because they're, uh, they couldn't fulfill the orders, which is a you know breach of contract and everything. And it's like, mm-hmm. but they, they weren't ready for the virality. Like yeah, the exactly. orders started coming and like, in, they weren't set up to do it. Uh, same thing actually happened up in uh, Billings, Montana uh, with a tattoo shop. And it, I'll say the same thing you said. I won't mention who it was in threat of getting sued. But they have this huge promotion, dude. Huge. Where if you bought a like $600 worth of a gift card for the tattoo shop, they would they would double it. Right? So like if you bought 50, they'd give you 100 for the gift card. or And a lot of people, a lot of people bought like $600 gift cards and were ended up owing or owed like a $1,200 tattoo. Well, one night this tattoo literally tattoo shop closed up shop and disappeared from town. Nobody knows what happened. Like they're gone and they took everyone's money and left. Yeah. They're just doing the fucking math. They're like, Oh, we can actually retire on this. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And they're like, we just made so much money. Let's move to a different town. See, and just not do this. We we do that as well. We do like gift card matching for uh, wedding presents and stuff. Like if people want to buy for their so like uh, he doesn't know what social is. <laughs> if uh, if people want to buy like um, you know, for a gift for their wedding or like for a charity draw or like something like that, um, we do m- matching. So they buy a twenty five. They put in twenty five bucks. We'll put in twenty five bucks. You get a fifty dollar gift card. But we have a cap, so you can't go any higher than a hundred dollars. 
yeah. uh, for Which exactly that to happen. That so reason, you, yeah. That, so you don't then, get overwhelmed with huge know, orders. 500 people come in with a $100 gift card, and I just give away my entire stock for free. And it's like, oh, now I can't yeah. afford to make more. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, but yeah, and, there's definitely like... I, that's actually a really good point. I think that's that's not just in the music industry, but in business in general, is that people want this success, but they're not ready for the success yeah. in a way. Exactly. They want they want to skip all the hard work to get to the success, but they don't realize that that hard work that they're putting in is literally building the foundation, so they don't collapse as soon as they yeah. get to the top. Yeah, I've, I've I've been on a number of contracts in the last year where it's like, if we win this, I don't know how the fuck we're gonna pull it off. <laughs> it's like this is pretty good but it's like i don't know how the fuck we're gonna pull it off like we're gonna have to call yeah, some friends and the the bandwidth of like what we can handle is expanding all the time but yeah we just uh we actually just nailed the contract with a company that was uh was credited with the design and recovery of like one of the uh basilicas like one of the giant catholic cathedral like basilicas in canada and like they like, like, a, a like they refurbishment did the, yeah they did like the restoration and redesign of oh, it man. and they contacted us directly for like a big project that they want to do was like some custom custom cut stone out of a quarry in italy and they're like hey can you guys and they wanted like architectural drawings they wanted a whole plan and they wanted installation services whatever so my partner's like an architect so we just fucking got this like cold off the internet it is like being prepared for that situation. This wouldn't have been possible last year, but like now no. we kind of have the bandwidth to be able to tackle it. And just being able to actually accept the money that's coming your way, or like if you if you really want to feel small in your business, if you get a small business, go look at government tenders. Go look at public tenders in your city, like specifically things that are up that you can just, anybody can bid on. And if you got the right qualifications, you've got the right price, you can win it. And I know somebody that just like turned his like cleaning business. He's like, I just like clean like dent dentist offices and you know small businesses. We just like clean the carpets, do some dusting, whatever. One, a million square foot contract with the casinos corporation in our province, and just cleans like a million square feet of carpet every week. Hundreds of thousands of dollars every year. Oh yeah, like dude. hundreds oh, yeah. of thousands of dollars that he's making off of this, and it's just like fucking cleaning carpets. But he's like, if I didn't have the the resources and the experience with like cleaning like a hundred thousand square feet, I wouldn't have got this million square foot contract. And it's one of the things that's been really cool for me about getting into contracting, and there's I call it like the real world business, where it's like in order to make money, I gotta actually get shit done which is very detached from like tech and artistry and publishing and all that shit where people think, Oh, I make this viral song. I make a million bucks. But in reality, you got to build this big ass business with all these people, all this infrastructure, all these things. Um, there's even a guy from my hey, hometown. His wife is, I want to move the bottle. Sorry. I don't mean to interrupt. You might want to move that bottle. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. There's a guy from my hometown. His wife is, uh, she does, I guess, like, a, she's, she does impersonation, uh, like, uh, musical performances. She looks and sounds like some big artist from, like, the 50s or 60s. I don't know who it is. But she performs in Vegas, like, has a Las Vegas casino contract performing. And he said the only difference from her making 100 bucks in Winnipeg 
or 10,000 bucks a night in Vegas every night is production value. And he's like, and yep. the production value took us 10 years to put together. Background dancers, electronics, like servos, fucking screen, smoke, lasers, like programming, all that shit. It took me 10 years to put it together, but now we make 10,000 a night. When you've, yep. you've talked to me about that, David, like having a shitty producer or a shitty mixer versus like having a good person producing your songs is like night and day, right? Like, cause you can have a really good song, oh, yeah. but if, a sh if you have a, you told me one time yeah. you had like a weird guy mixing your stuff that like did a bad job or something, right? Yeah. Yeah. So like that can, like you do everything you can do perfectly, but if that's not perfect too, then it's like. Like a perfect like the song you're talking about. It's actually it's actually called "Shut Me Up," and it's by far our most popular song. So our average views on Spotify are five thousand views a song. Okay, that's our average. But the one that you're talking about is eighteen thousand views, almost twenty thousand right now. Like if I'm not mistaken. The difference is is when I heard that first mix from the guy that we sent it to initially to mix that song. I would not have put that song out with how with how bad it sounded. But I went to a guy and shout out Mike Million, Cooking with Million, one of the greatest producers. He's out of Tennessee. He's worked with Lil Wayne, Wiz Khalifa, T Nutty. He produced our song Vibe Two. Uh, I took it to him after I heard that other guy worked on my song, and I trusted him with the vocals because, like I said, he's got the industry credits. Like he's. He's literally credited on Wiz Khalifa's album and shit like that, you know. I took it to him, and when he sent it back to me, I was like, "This is this is a fucking hit," because the the difference in sound quality from somebody who has gone through the process, gone through the years of learning their craft and honing it in, compared to somebody who's like, "I think I should be I'm I'm deserve to be paid three hundred bucks to mix your song, but yeah. I'm gonna send it back to where you don't even want to release it." That guy skipped the process. Million, however, has been doing this for 10 years. And only within the last two years that I've known him have I seen him get those the Wiz Khalifa credit and all that. Like, when i known him, he put that song out. And uh, after sending it to him, to somebody who's been through the craft and through the process, it sounded like he put his blood, sweat, and tears into it because that's what he wants to do. That's what he's built his life around. You know, you can't you can't go to somebody who's like, I think I deserve to blow up, get 200 million views on a song, but I haven't, I haven't done a tour. I haven't bought any rights to a beat or anything like that. It's a world of difference. Like trust the process is a, is a real thing. And if you don't trust the process, you're going to implode. Yeah. That's gotta be one of completely. my completely. That's gonna be one of my favorite parts of music production actually was uh, my friend that I toured with. He like, that's his specialty is like final master in production mm -hmm. and seeing him like hone the craft over the last like five to eight years was super cool because he could turn something that was like, eh, whatever. It's kind of interesting to like a song that you could really, really kind of just lean into. Oh and yeah. I remember the first, like I let this guy uh, stay with me for a year and we we're just like living in the same fucking basement together. And I remember the first fucking night that this guy stayed over. Like he didn't, he didn't wait a night. He didn't wait a wink. He was like, wasn't like oh let's let's get like settled into the space it was i gotta work in the morning 
I stayed up till 11 o'clock or 11.30, and he was still mixing. He was still, whatever, playing this song, working in his headphones, and he was trying to trying to pump out the song. And he's like, yeah, I'll stay up, like, another hour. So he stayed up till, like, 1 in the morning, he said. And then 4.15, 4.30 in the morning, the guy's awake again, back at his computer. Yep. And woke me up because he was playing the same fucking song on a 30, 40-second loop for like an hour and i finally like you know when you're like kind of half awake and i finally like broke and i woke up and i was like five in the morning like i don't gotta be at work for another three hours and this guy's just like playing this 40 second thing on loop on loop on loop on loop on yeah. loop 40 seconds on loop for three and a half fucking hours i'm like <laughs> i just met you man you're living in my house you're playing this fucking song over and over and then like after Yo. the final result I'll, like i like i got it like i appreciated it but like you fucking animal! Like how do you <laughs> how do you sit here and listen to this thing, like two hundred times a in a row, and just keep honing it? It was insane. Yeah, it's it's. I think that comes with music because you can ask literally everyone from my girlfriend to my brothers to literally anyone that I happened to be in the car with when I heard a beat that I really liked. Right. There was, if I'm figuring out the first line. Yeah. The beat will drop. You know how the intro like builds it up, right? And then it drops, and then it plays a little bit of the verse. I will play that 15-second window for three fucking hours until I figure out what I want to write about. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I will keep replaying it, replaying it, replaying it, replaying it, to where people get up and leave the room. Yeah. Because they're like, I cannot hate this anymore. You're like, Dude, I, think I, there's, I, I think there's like <laughs> CIA torture techniques built around this yeah. idea. <laughs> Dude, and it gets burned into your head. Yeah. Like, there has been many times where I go to sleep dreaming about the beat. Like, I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about this kind of stuff, so you can edit this out if you need to. But like, the first time I ever did mushrooms, dude. <laughs> oh, you can talk. I about thought that. I was G easy, bro. I thought yeah. I was G easy on stage in Brazil, killing yeah. shit, bro. <laughs> and like, that's just how obsessed with music I am. Like, when I trip, I think about it. When I dream, I think about it. You know, yeah. and like when I'm gaming. Like, I'll say something in the game, or somebody else will say something, like, joking around. And I'll be like, yo, that's actually, like, a, a really dope bar. I'm writing that down. <laughs> yeah, and, the CIA is torturing Data, and he's, like, he's just, like, <laughs> just, like, yeah, writing, just, writing to the experience. Or like, mm, you got, like, electro, mm. electro, <laughs> electroshock therapy, and it's, like, making some weird noise in his head as he's, like, mm, mm, okay. Mm, mm. <laughs> we got something here. <laughs> Like the Tesla coil just zapping off in the <laughs> distance, bro, and I'm rapping to that. <laughs> yeah, you, you can't fucking torture a musician. You'll just monetize it. <laughs> you, you, yeah, they'll they'll turn around and make a career out of it, bro. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think, like, if I'm being real as an artist, right, I've written about pretty much everything you can think of. Right? Yeah. I've, I've written about, like, one of the lines that, or one of the songs I have this is actually like I'm cold with the foe, like ice on the road, snow on the ground, but the crops still grow. When your hoe get bored, she texts my phone, like come lay the pipe, he just left home. Right? That's like that's like talking about that shit. But then I go into like the second song I ever released was called One Day. And it's about my parents dying. Right? And it's like a like something that happened to re me directly. And I am a thousand times prouder of that one day song. Even though it was my second song ever, I sound like trash. My rhyme scheme is off and my rhythm is terrible. I'm not on beat, nothing. But I am more proud of that song because it came from the heart than I am about, you know, some of the harder lines I've written in my career. 
Yeah. Because those hard lines are like the only reason I am like writing that is it's like an attention grabber. Like that's what you gotta be as a rapper. You gotta you gotta grab attention. And if you don't do that, then you're not gonna succeed. But I'm still immensely more proud of the stuff I've written about my life and stuff I've been through than some of the hardest songs I've ever written, you know? Like there's songs where I'm like, this if I had the right monetization and promotion around it, I, I it would be a hit, you know? And then there's songs where like <laughs> this could not be played on radio just because how bad it sounds. <laughs> it's too but funny. like what yeah. I'm saying is like on point, you know? And I'm a lot more proud of the, the songs that won't be played on radio and people won't get stuck in their head. But it's because it's what I've lived, you know. Well, it's it's always interesting talking to different people on this podcast and just in our lives about like it's it's like music is business from a different perspective, right? Like it's a it's it's small business from a perspective that I don't personally live or go through. So it's always interesting to say and it's like just you know to hear you talking, you probably agree, Tyler. Like he's definitely in doing the right thing. Like he definitely has the passion for what he's yeah. uh, what what you're doing. So we um we're we're gonna finish up here, but we wish you well in everything, all your different projects uh if you want to let people know where they can find you or what you what you want them to do with this information you you have the floor hey, uh, yeah I, if you want to follow me on anything uh my personal uh handles are really day day on instagram snapchat uh i'm pretty sure i'm there on twitch actually <laughs> no i changed my name to twitch to him mcgraw <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah, really dating on uh, every other platform and then Dead President click on anything you listen to music to on from Pandora, iTunes, Apple Music, Spotify, you know, and uh, since we're on the podcast here and this is going to be going out to all your fans too, Willows, I'm going to hold you to the fact that you said you would collab with me and uh, I'd really like to make that happen. So, I uh, It's on my, my you're talking <laughs> about bucket list going in fucking tornadoes and shit. My bucket list, I am putting out a rap album before I die because I'm not very good, but I'm really passionate about hip hop, not doing mm -hmm. it myself, but I'm just like the entire culture. And it's like helped me get through a lot of tough shit when I was a kid. And I just, I want my Wikipedia page to make no sense when I'm older. It's just like, oh yeah. Scientifically grown grapes, but had a song with Snoop Dogg. Yeah. It's like, yeah. I just want like you to be scrolling my Wikipedia. It's like, what the fuck does this guy do? It's like, yeah, that, that Heineken commercial is going to be about your fucking life, like, bro. I'm calling it now. Like yeah. disgraced mayor who has a liquor empire has this, like this hip hop album for some Se reason. He's got this sex scandal. He's got a sex scandal with Pete Davidson. Yeah. And like, I own like a capybara farm. <laughs> like it's yeah nothing makes any that's kind of like what i always wanted is just like when you google me it's like you can't you like you you've read about me for 20 yeah. minutes you're like i still don't know what he does <laughs> yeah i i can't exactly pinpoint what like he did in life is <laughs> good or bad who knows so yeah so yeah, one, like, one day I, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna get you on a song and we will we will go viral and it'll be fun i would love that dude. And as uh, long as it's better than the songs that like Jake Paul put out, then I am, that's my dude, bar. So I don't, I don't, I don't think it's hard to hit an Eagle on that bar. <laughs> Perfect. So other than but that, before, uh, before we, uh, before we do head out, I do want to say like Willows to you personally, like 
thank you for always being like one of the realest friends I've ever had in my fucking life, dude. From the moment I met you on that, like like you said, I was a meme admin. I messaged you because you had some inside joke. And from that moment, I've always considered you my fucking brother. And I could not be happier to be here with you tonight. Oh, I, I, so thank you. That, that, I appreciate that, it. No problem. Thank you for coming on. I Yeah, I consider, I'm sorry that like we're just... I, I would come down there more if I didn't have to fucking work so much, but I, yeah, I don't no, know, you know, I totally understand it, dude. Uh, you know, emperors got to ring lead their kingdom, you know? So, so, but very soon, man, like we'll, 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 we'll be touring together and it'll be, you know, we'll be drinking. Be I'll bring my, my wine. I'll sponsor the tour and we'll bring it back. Oh, dude. Like, oh, I had a fucking shrugging doctor fucking tour be put into <laughs> place and we get you down in the States, bro. I no longer call you a millionaire. It's going to be a billionaire. <laughs> let's, let's hope so. One step at a time. I got to put in the work first. I'm not ready for yeah, it. Trust so, the process like we talked about. Exactly. So thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, I'll call Beyond This Point on Instagram. I'll call Beyond This Point podcast on Facebook. Um, Tyler's here as well, I think. Yep. And, uh, <laughs> uh, and to you, sir, thank you for the pleasant conversation, man. You've brought up some good points. Yeah, man. You've actually educated me on a lot that I didn't know about tonight, too, and I greatly appreciate that. Uh, I'm all I'm all about learning. Like, yeah, like you, you asked at the beginning of the show, like, one of my free time things, like, what do I do yeah. aside from music? I just obsessively read knowledge articles. Knowledge. I am filled with you useless facts. Like, did you <laughs> yeah. know that... Uh, what is that big university over in England? Harvard. Uh, Umbridge? Har- no, Harvard's in the United States. He's oh, the other Cambridge. one. Or something like that. Did you know that they're older than uh, the Aztecan Empire? I was just going to yeah. say, they're older than the Aztecs, yeah. If you want to hear useless fucking facts, uh, subscribe to this podcast. and uh, <laughs> We will not give you the answers, but we will cause you to ask questions. Yeah, that's the best kind of podcast, where if I have to look something up after it, you did your job. Yeah, okay. absolutely. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next episode. Cheers. Alcohol Beyond This Point podcast. This isn't two podcasters talking business. This is two business guys trying to podcast.